Hey, everybody. Welcome in. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, coming off of a very interesting week, the Valero Open, the Texas Open, the Charlie Hoffman Open, not to be, and now it's Masters Week. I had a great Easter. I had a lot of fun watching golf, but my man, I'm just a little bit more excited than normal, as I assume you are, too. I've already set some lineups. Dude, it's Masters Week. I am pumped. I know you are too. Absolutely. Even though, you know, I was I was ready to all I was all ready for the Charlie win and top five and I was gonna put some money on him first round leader and oh man, Speed just Speed killed our dreams. But uh the, the Charlie Hope the Charlie Hoffman open, uh second consecutive time he's finished second and um Yeah, you gotta get that shirt, by the way. I would love to. Uh, I will tell you something very funny and a little bit embarrassing. I show up to my sister's house for Easter yesterday with a green golf glove on. My girlfriend's like, what is wrong with you? Like, (laughs) is this supposed to be good luck or something? I was like, no, dude, this is uh, this is this is wearing his jersey because they don't have jerseys. And he wasn't wearing his green glove. I was so P.O. dude. I was like, oh, my God, here I am. I drive over there looking like a goofball. And he's not even wearing, he was wearing a white glove yesterday. So it was just, it, I just knew it wasn't meant to be. But that's okay because it's Augusta week. Well, it wasn't like he did anything. Well, okay. Outside of Thursday when he shoots 75, and he was plus five yeah. at one point. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of that, it wasn't, I mean, he, he shot with 66 again yesterday. He just beat yep. the, matched him and, or beat him by that. So, I mean, wasn't, I mean, Hoffman did everything he could. Speeth just about beat him. And, you know, I, I think. You know, I know you and I have kind of been against Spieth, at least during his uh, downturn, but I don't think you or I are terribly disappointed by him winning. Um, I think it's good to see, and I think it's really good for golf. I'm terribly, terribly disappointed because of who was runner-up. Right, agreed. So, in some weird way, I do find myself one of the few people going, God darn you, Jordan Spieth, I hate you. I don't hate him. You know, it's like, oh, this is cool, you know, but at the same time, it's like, man, why this one? Why couldn't you have won? Phoenix. Uh, or at, yes, at Phoenix after that, like, 61 on Saturday. Like, come on, dude, why this one? But Well, I'm glad you didn't win at Phoenix because I had Brooks that week, so. Well, I did not, So, but I feel you, but. Pebble yeah, so. or uh, where else was he in contention? Wasn't he in contention at. Uh... API? No. Players for a while? I don't remember. I, I forget. It was he, he. He was in contention a couple of times right there around that uh, that that time period. But at any rate, yeah, whatever. Charlie loses, uh, doesn't lose. He actually he yeah. skyrocketed up the official world golf rankings, which is good news for him. Uh, this really is a Masters podcast, not a, a Charlie Hoffman podcast. But this uh, it is great news for him as far as getting you know hopefully continuing to climb that ladder and getting uh, status to get into all the majors and other things without. You know, actually getting that win. So, what did he get up to? Seventy second, I think. You think he was one hundred and fifteenth, and he went to seventy second. Okay. So massive jump. He's got a chance, though. Yeah. So massive jump. He's gonna have to, you know, do some more goodness. But Go to win at Colonial, play well at Colonial or um, the Byron Nelson. All the Texas tracks that he typically performs well at. Yeah. So he it needs to be Seagull season, but. Uh, but Skeeter, I think it's uh, is there is there anything we we take away from the Valero Texas Charlie Hoffman Open that we didn't already discuss here? Uh no. Um, I, you know, 
I think once we get into the Masters discussion, the Spieth will win. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, I think there was already some uh, game theory you're going to have to play, but my goodness, I think you're really going to have to make some decisions on Spieth for uh, it's, uh, the Masters. It's going to be easy to me because I have a pretty good track record of fading guys after they win anyway, so it'll be easy for me in, in that regard. But I don't know. Uh, once I – I, I swear I just got a text from a buddy that said he's between Bryson and Spieth for the one and done. I mean, I just got it right now. So, obviously, uh, my friend Kenny's on Spieth uh, potentially this week, too. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think he'll be the only one. I Exactly, right? So, for me, it'll be an easy fade, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, at this point, I think it's time to get into Augusta and what you're looking for statistically. Of course, right, Augusta doesn't have shot trackers, so you're not going to get stats from Augusta, but – you can certainly have a good look at some stats to get ready for it. Well, they do have shot tracker. In fact, oh, they do. They don't report the. Uh, which, what's the deal here? Because then I'm just going to confuse it. Okay, so they have their they they keep track of the stats, but they don't release them to the public, so they keep okay. it for their own. But so that's the bad news is we don't get the stats. The good news though is remember we get the best. If you don't get to watch at all, if you're one who watches shot tracker your phone. Download the Masters app because this is the one you literally can see every shot within like a minute of them hitting it. And I mean, it's a very yeah. detailed app. Like this is the, this is what we all dream in the DFS fantasy golf sphere that we wish the PGA Tour shot tracker was. I, so I remember having that now and I think you can even, uh, even get some live coverage. Some, if I'm not mistaken from that app, yes, right? I believe you can, uh, pull up for a uh, feature holes, amen, corner, um, Future groups, sorry, Eamon Corn and 15 and 16, I believe. I need a new phone. This is an excuse to go get one so that the app will work beautifully on my new phone that I may purchase uh, Wednesday. We'll see. New iPhone? Um, uh, no, as much as I love my uh, my Apple, uh, my MacBook, but no, I'm, I'm a, my, my cell phone's Samsung. My last couple have been. We'll see what I get new. I don't know. But anyway, so um, I tried. <laughs> I was hoping to get you on, uh, on iPhone. But um, as far as the stats, yeah, so we don't really have stats to look look at necessarily. But, again, uh, driving distance has kind of become one of those things at this course that does play, you know, does show up a little bit. So that, that approach, uh, uh, hitting greens will be important, even the opportunities. I think scrambling is going to be something you want to keep an eye on. Just everything sounds like it's been firm and fast and, I watched. I watched a lot of the uh, the women's amateur at Augusta on Saturday, and they were getting some shots to uh, stick. But I'm, I have a feeling that the uh, the sub air system will be put into into high voltage or high use on you know between now and Thursday when they tee off to make sure those greens are firm and fast. Because I don't know if they want minus twenty winning like DJ did. But um, so that leads to you know, DraftKings points. I think definitely here because of position. There's only 88 players in the field. Top 50 in ties play the weekend. I don't think there's the 10-shot rule anymore. I thought they got rid of it in the November just because of TV, because of football. But I, So I don't think it's still around, but it might be. Um, I don't know. But then, I thought they got rid of that for good. I think they did, too. I, I guess, because I've heard, I've heard it from one or two others, but I, I thought it was just for the fall, but... But yeah, I think it has gone for good. And then, you know, par four, strokes game, par five, strokes game, and putting, whatever that means. But um, yeah, it's a, a loaded field, 88 players. Again, you do have some of your former champions here who 
realistically probably don't have a chance like Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize. Um, well, we don't. Well, here's a hint: don't play Angel Cabrera. Um, he's not going to be there because well, he's behind bars and and I think Argentina or some some international country. I think he got busted for some drug use or drug distribution, but uh, he's not playing this week, so. Uh, you might not, you might want to avoid him, but guys like those, you know, there, there's some of them. They're not going to make the cuts, or even if they do, they're not going to do anything. They're gonna, you know, you don't want to pay six k for them. There's actually a sixty one hundred dollar player, I think, somewhat viable, or maybe two. But um, so yeah, this is gonna be a high six of six week unless we see chalk miss, and you know that would potentially, you know, we'll get to some of those players, but high six six week, you're probably gonna want, you know, the winning millie maker lineup. Probably be all six guys. You're after the winner, probably two or three in the top five, and probably nobody DraftKings who are worse than 15th. So I didn't want to break in and uh, interrupt you there, but are you telling me that El Pato is in the pokey? I believe so, yes. I heard like that something was going on, but that you know his lawyer was like, oh, it's nothing. And I got the feeling that it was a nothing story when I looked into it, like, a month ago or so, but uh, I guess oh. I'll have to look into this further. The um, DK player card says he is currently being held at a Brazilian federal prison awaiting extradition to his home country of Argentina. Well, as a former champion, um, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I don't even know what the hell to say about that. I mean, he's eligible, but I'm not sure um, I'm not sure Augusta's good enough to pull him out of a uh, Brazilian jail. Just... Oh... Maybe someday he'll be erased from like memory, and Adam Scott will have won that green jacket too. Oh, and then who has, I don't he's won twice, hasn't he? Who Cabrera? On Hill. Uh, I thought he won a U.S. Open and a Masters. Okay, yeah, you're right. Did he win the? Was it him or Ogilvy that won the year that Phil had a lead at Wingfoot and blew it on eighteen? I think Cabrera beat Jim Furyk at the U.S. Open. Which I'm sure you were not disappointed in, knowing your well, luck, Jim how, how in the hell else do you do you would you think I remember Cabrera being a US Open <laughs> champion? Because he beat Furyk. I remember I was at a family party. I was like, I was like, oh, we're cheering for the Argentinian here, people. <laughs> okay, yeah. You your memory's better than mine with that one. Um you know. you also, know how it is. Um also unfortunately Trevor Immelman's not playing, which well, that's bad news. Well, that's bad news that he's not... It's good news if we get to listen to him, because, my gosh, he is so good on commentary. Yes. He was part of the women's amateur at Augusta on Saturday. Oh, man, just... He is so smooth with the words. And just... I can listen to him all day. I would I would not be surprised if uh, he just says, hey, I can make more money doing uh, doing the broadcast than I can playing. Or pull, pull like, um... Who was it? Back when the Open was on ABC and ESPN exclusively, was it Curtis Strange would go play in the morning, or maybe it was Duvall or somebody would go play in the morning, and when they were done, they'd pop into commentary in the afternoon? Uh, Phil needs to do that. But yes. I don't I don't recall that, but uh, Phil should be doing that. Agreed. Maybe when Phil misses the cut, he'll, uh, he'll come do that. Hey, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, are we ready to get into the participants? Yes. All right, well, this is the most exclusive field in golf, and I'm stoked to get into it. We'll start at 10K+, plus and back from uh, the withdrawal last week, Dustin Johnson, defending champs, top of the board, 11-5. John Rahm's 11-even. Bryson DeChambeau, 10-8. Uh, 
JT 10-6, Rory's 10-2, Rory McElroy, Xander Shoffley 10K, <laughs> even. I just want to make sure you knew which Rory I meant. I don't think he was confusing uh, 10,200 10, at, at the Masters for Rory Sabatini. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody's uh, on the same page, though. Um, now that we have that clear, is is there a favorite for you, Skeeter, in the 10K uh, tier that, um, I don't know, maybe would get confused with somebody else? I mean, when you say JT at 10-6, are you talking Justin Thomas or JT Poston? I am most certainly talking Justin Thomas, the PGA and Players Champion. Well, then that's my favorite play, then. Um, Ryan, really good form coming into here. I mean... His finishes have been ascending, you know, in his in his appearances at, at, at Augusta, 39th, 22nd, 17th, 12th, and 4th. Winning at the players was certainly a good sign. He he did not make it out of his pot at match play, but again, that's, I mean, match play, the players, you can kind of do with that information wherever you want, skew it in whatever way that you prefer. But he, I mean, he hits all the boxes. Look at number one, birdies are better. Third in DraftKings scoring. Fifth in opportunities game. Third in approach. Eighth tee to green, sixth bogey avoidance. Like he kind of is hitting all the boxes I'm looking at. And he's a significant, you know, he's a significant discount across over some of the others at ten six. He's he's the guy I'm probably turning to the most here. I'm gonna go two hundred higher. I'm going with Bryson. I know yeah. his course history here is not great. He's not been playing here a ton and young guys struggle here although we're going to get into a few later that have actually played good from the start of their careers at Augusta Bryson has been playing really well though and I get it there's a talk of you know last year when he said it was uh, I think he said par 68 Mm -hmm. whatever it was that he said you know he's kind of disrespectful to Augusta this that and the other Bryson has dialed back the driver just a little bit right he said okay i I've, I've kind of reached diminishing returns. There are times where I don't need to, to get everything I get out of it. I think he's in the best form coming off of a win and a T3 here recently. I mean, I just – I like – there's a couple guys I like here, but I, Bryson just speaks to me, and I, I realize that the course history does not scream pay 10-8 for this guy. No, and everything you bring up is good. I mean, stat-wise, number one, T to green, second in distance, shocker. In fact, who's beating him in distance? Who's first in distance? Matthew Wolf? He hasn't been playing that much, but I know he can carry it with him. By the way, this is over past 24 rounds. Uh, Cameron Champ. Okay. All right. Not a surprise. Um, First in par five strokes gained, second drafting scoring, fourth in birdies are better. Rates well in opportunities gained, bogey avoidance. No issue with him at 10-8. I think that's a fair price on him. If you want to nitpick... Apparently, Augusta National does not allow detailed greens books. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, Bryce is the one who takes full advantage of that. So, I don't know if he gets to map it out himself. I don't think he gets to map it out himself with like different angles and slopes and gradients and things like that. So, and he hasn't maybe he hasn't played here enough to know all the little tricks in that. But again, I think that's kind of nitpicking. Uh, Teddy, I think, is a fair price on Bryson. I have no issue with that. He's probably my number three in the tier. Okay. Who's your number two then after JT before Bryson? I mean, hey, maybe maybe uh, going to the match is the best way to get some sleep if you're John Rahm, new father. Congratulations. We, You know, there was already going to be some concern about whether to play him or not because he had said that once he gets the call yeah. that the baby's coming, he was leaving. And if that was, you know, during, during play at the Masters, he was withdrawing. 
well, him and his wife had their baby, I believe, I believe it was yesterday, maybe it was Saturday night, but, um, you know, so he'll be good, and, maybe, you know, maybe having a child will, calm, you know, keep him everything in perspective, but, he, I mean, he has been playing up to his standards, but he's one I don't, you know, like any of these guys up here for the most part, all you have to do, I mean, all they have to do is kind of show up and, and they can get right back in form. Three straight top tens here seems to be starting to figure out this course. Fourth tee to green, tenth in approach. Really nothing else outside of putting and scrambling is really bad. 11,000 is the prohibitive price, I think, the, the reason why I'm, you know, he's probably number two for me, but I think he makes a lot of sense. Should be a pretty good course fit. And again, maybe the uh, maybe a little baby, baby swag for him. I would have absolutely faded him if the baby hadn't come. The Correct. baby has come, and I am right there with you. He's my number two. He's pretty close to Bryson for my number one. If I'm being honest, I may not get into this tier a whole lot. Um, so I don't love anybody 10K+, plus because there's just so many good players in this field. You don't necessarily have to go there. But my number two is Rom. It's pretty close for all the reasons you said. The baby has come, and uh, I don't know how – that could backfire, right? Could backfire, but – I uh, I'm no longer worried about him in in the withdrawal form, and uh, there's just a little warts that I can find on a couple other players that Rom doesn't have for me right now. Right, and I mean he was ninth in the players, fifth at Genesis, gaining on approach multiple strokes. The only time he didn't was at Mex WGC Mexico, but he was great off the tee, and he only lost half a sh half a shot on approach. So his irons are there, his putting has been fairly neutral around the greens, been slightly positive off off the tee's been positive. Like, I mean. Everything kind of makes sense for it. We just haven't seen a win since the BMW last year. And remember, that was a tough. That was a tough event at uh, mm -hmm. was it Medina, I think it was. I know it was one of the Chicago courses. Of course, you know he wins in a playoff by draining a sixty footer to beat DJ. But uh, I think it's after DJ made a long putt to get into the playoff. Right, DJ made like a forty footer or something. The the whole previous. Yeah, so I mean, we know Rob can play tough courses, and if if there is some wind, and it looks like Friday might be some bad weather. Rom has no problem uh, in bad weather, so. Well, we we agree on Rombo there. There's a few left that we haven't talked about as a fade. Uh, I'll I'll go to you first. Who are you fading out of the 10K tier? It's the real Rory, um, McElroy. He just, you know, when when he admitted the players that he was, you know, he basically has kind of lost a little bit of his touch because he was chasing distance because after what Bryson did, and then. I mean, he was okay at match play. I mean, I know he got smoked by Poulter on day one. I think he won day two and was in contention day three. But I just, I don't know. I, you know, this place does have some demons. He's he was always put himself some extra pressure because he needs to win the Masters to complete the career Grand Slam. I just, I'm not ready to go there at 10-2. So he's my fate. I mean, He's like twenty to one in the book, and I get it. That's a heck of a number. You want to take a chance? Mm -hmm. but I'm just, I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of with you there, but he's not my fade. I'm fading the champ, fading DJ uh, at eleven five. That's just a really big number to ask for a guy who, yes, got over the hump and won the big one again. When we, you know, had all talked about will he ever win that second one? You know, it's taken forever. I mean, maybe I'm just. Maybe there's less logic and more just kind of like ah uh, rule of averages. He's not winning. He's not going to be a back-to-back -back champ. Have there been what three back-to-back -back champs? Is that correct? I don't know. Tiger like, Tiger would have been one, right? Nick Faldo was one, and I don't think Phil is one. I forget who the other no, one was. Nicholas, maybe. 
Maybe Jack. I mean, he's won, what, four or five or six of them? Six, I think so. Maybe. But yeah, there's there's been very few. And look, DJ is an all-time great. So if he adds his name to that list and I'm wrong, so be it. But I'm fading DJ, who, oh, by the way, has been outside the top 40 his last two tournaments. Like, I, I know that DJ can turn it on in a flip of a switch. But he hasn't shown it recently. So, again, we're recording this on a Monday night. So just kind of looking at initial ownership and... I think it might be a little more relevant now on Fantasy National than it is on other events just because pricing's been out for a while. And people yeah, really I mean, I've, I've set mad lineups already. Um, Dustin, Rory, and Xander are all like 10 to 12%. Rom, Bryson, well, Bryson's at 15. Rom and JT are nearing 20, 18 to 20. So there is some ownership leverage probably on DJ... Rory and Xander, I you know if if I get to Wednesday nights, I can see myself going to DJ just for that reason. I trust him more than Rory and, and more than Xander. I will say this: I mean, there's if you're looking for leverage with names like that, I you could do a lot worse with with you know with worse players to try and get an advantage on ownership. And even Bryson's sitting there, kind of in the middle that's something to keep an eye on too i think like maybe that maybe that's my tiebreaker between bryce and a rom for example i can i can get with that i can get with that uh shall we take it to the nine case yep let's do it and it goes patrick cantley nine eight colin morikawa nine six jordan spieth oh the king returns nine four patrick reed nine three brooks kepka nine two tony finau nine one webb simpson nine k even skeeter before we get there, do you expect Brooks to play? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Not only do I expect him to play, he's my favorite play. Whoa! Okay. All right. Let's go. He tweeted something out yesterday. Like, do you remember the last dance that Jordan was like, iPad, and he goes, well, then I was, you know, I was mad or something. Like, somebody had tweeted something out, like, oh, Brooks is going to meet six, you know, miss six to eight weeks back at the end of March with whatever his knee injury, and Brooks is like, uh. Well, then that motivated me. It's like, Brooks is motivated. And it's time for the big game hunter to to show up. We've kind of seen past Master Champions having won previously in, you know, it, you know the months leading up to the Masters. If you're going to give me a discount on a multiple major champion who has a big game hunter type of reference here, I'm all in. Fourth in DraftKings points. Fourth in par five strokes game, fifth in birdies are better. Twelfth in distance, nineteenth tee to green. Some of this, of course, is factoring in you know some of the bad spells. Ninety two hundred is an absolute bargain. I got him at what did I get him at? Twenty eight to one, I believe. I've already bet okay. him. Yeah, twenty eight to one. That's just a crazy number on Brooks. Give me him all day if, if I can start a lineup. JT Brooks or Bryson Brooks. Oh, that sounds really good to me. I'm scared. I'm scared. He hasn't played in a while. I'm scared. He's not my fade. I don't know if I'll use him. I'm scared. Uh, I'll just tell you straight honest. And maybe that's more of a reason for you to be excited about using him because I'm scared of him. Other people will, and it might lower the, the ownership. I don't know. Uh, he's getting some attention. Like, he'll be okay. in the – I mean, he's in double digits. He's not going to get to Spethian levels. Okay. All right. I think I'm going uh, – I'm just going to go good old Webb Simpson here. Yeah. Um, 9K. He's the cheapest guy in this price range. He did not make the cut at the players after a rough second round. 
but he'd been playing pretty good. Fourth at the Sony Open in Hawaii. Boy, that feels like forever ago now. Sixth at the uh, the WGC Workday at the concession. Now you go to Augusta. I'm not going to say he has a spectacular course history, but 10th, 5th, 20th, the last three years after mm-hmm. being mediocre at best in Augusta. He's figured it out. I trust him with the putter nowadays. He seems like the veteran type that just maybe if he doesn't win it, I feel really comfortable with Webb Simpson in my lineups. Uh, 35 to 1 is not a bad number on him either. No, um, no. I'll, I'll have a piece of that, I bet you. Well, is it isn't he part of isn't that part of your name too? Is uh, James Webb Simpson or James is, Frederick Webb Simpson? Oh, sorry, I knew there was don't, something. Don't forget the Frederick. How do you not have Charlie in there, by the way? Um, no, looking at his even his recent tournaments, he mit, I mean he missed three shots on approach at the players. That's why he missed the cuts. It was slightly negative at waste management, but his irons. I mean, gained four at, Mex- at WGC concession, five point six tournament champions. Positive putting, positive around the green most of them. Off the team might be a little concerned. I, the only thing I worry about him is potential upside. Mm. But, because I mean, he, he's been playing fine. Like, I, you know, maybe he's a solid top 10. And a 9K, that's probably not bad. I just, that's my only concern with him. Like, I'll, you know, <laughs> play okay this week so you're not at some ridiculous number next week at Heritage where I will be all over Webb Simpson. Yeah, and I get you. I mean, I, like I said, I feel really comfortable with him. Uh, I didn't say, oh, the, he's going to win this bad boy. I would agree. The upside maybe is muted there, but there's the cheapest guy there, and I feel like he's a good, good, just safe piece to a lineup. Uh, no, I mean, so. I, I mean, I told you I had 24 guys started. I have one by him. Um, rates out much better in longer-term models and shorter-term models. So, if, that's worth. If, if you get off Brooks or if you find a way to play two in this tier, where else are you going? Um, this will probably not be a stats-based decision, just, what, I mean, okay, so everybody's on speed, everybody's really happy about that, you're a big wrestling fan. That's true. You know, every time the hero does something well, sometimes you gotta throw in the villain, don't you? Is the man in black gonna make an appearance? 9300, Patrick Reed. Yeah, past champion. Yeah, and, you know, he kind of gets up for this, and, you know, with all the allegations going on with him. He just feels like this might be a time of him reminding you, oh, hey, hey, God, everybody, remember who I am? Here you go. Again, he's not going to rate, rate out well statistically. Not, you know, bottom half tee to green distance, but 7th in DraftKings scoring, 8th or buries are better, 6th par 4 strokes gain, 2nd putting. I don't know if I get there, because I don't know if I'm going to play multiple guys in 9K tier. Like, I like Brooks that much, and maybe I probably prefer Webb in the end over Reed. But I'm at least going to consider Reed at 9,300. Just because he is a former winner. And, you know, it just feels like he can kind of pop up out of nowhere, too. And he's another one who has won this year. So that's always a good trend. I'm not going to disregard Reed. I may take a peek at him. He's neither my favorite or my second or my fade. I'm going Tony Fino. He's my other. His last two times out have been ugly. You know, I, I don't know what to say, like, to make me feel better about that. Hopefully that lessens ownership. Tony Finau plays the Masters pretty darn good. I mean, we know he plays really well at all the majors. 38th last year, but 5th and 10th the two previous years. Finau's not playing great, but Finau has the absolute game for Augusta. 
I'm going to go with Tony Finau here. I don't know what the ownership will be. I know he's popular, but I'm hoping the missed cuts the previous two times will help me. Uh, Brooks is a slightly higher owned than him, so no, he's actually kind of he's coming in kind of quiet in this tier right now. But outside of one guy, maybe two. There's maybe two who are super popular. One Spieth. Um, nobody else is going to be crazy owned. Who's the other one besides Spieth? Can't lie. Okay. People just love said- playing Patrick Cantlay. Uh, dude, I, I'm here to tell you, he's not my fade, right? Like, I like Cantlay a lot, but I just like the discount from Finau and Webb. But, I mean, make no mistake about it. Patrick Cantlay certainly has the game to win this thing, and his last two times out have been pretty spectacular as well. Yeah. All right, you ready for the fade? Give it to me. Speed. So it's the same for me, and it's no longer this, about how he's playing, no, right? No, gosh, no. No, no, because he's number one in my model. This is pure game theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't help that during the final four on Saturday night, I forget if it was Grant Hill or Bill Raffery asks Nant, Jim Nance who's going to win. Augusta Nance says Speeth, and that's before Speeth won. Like he's such a public guy, and this is a public. You know, people are going to throw in you know lineups of the Masters who don't play. If we got a text from a friend of mine saying, "Hey." When's the content coming up? Because I love your master stuff. So he's going to play. He's not one who's sitting here playing Honda or Valero or anything like that. So Speed's going to be 25 to 30% owned. If I'm trying to win a million dollars, I have to try to find a way to outsmart, beat the field. If Speed mm-hmm. wins or he's, you know, if he's top three, congratulations. I'm just taking the L. But I'm this is a pure game theory fade. There is nothing statistically, there's nothing course history that says do not play Jordan Speed. Everything in those regards, say play Jordan Speed. It's just a pure game theory decision for me. Uh, ditto. Carbon copy. Copy and paste. That's exactly the same for me. Like I said, I mean, I am mad at him because he kept Charlie from being in this field. <laughs> but I'm not playing him because I don't want to have 30% Jordan Speed because I don't want to put him in 50, you know, 50% of my lineups. Right. So I'm right there with you. Um, man, couldn't he just want him? month ago anyway let's go to the ak's what do you say so are you still bad at cory connors for being charlie two years ago no because charlie got in the uh the charlie st- charlie still qualified for the masters two years ago oh, that's right okay yeah, yeah so different animal different animal okay. um and Corey's canadian you know what i'm saying you know how many canadians are hey i i mean my favorite podcast is uh pat mayo and he's canadian so i'm all for the canadians there you go. All right, let's take it to the AKs, and it'll start with uh, another member of the Adams betting favorites, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, 8,900. Lee Westwood's 88. Victor Hovland, 87. Sung JM, 86. Daniel Berger, 85. Scotty Scheffler, 84. Hideki Matsuyama, 83. Cam Smith, 82. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 81. Tommy Fleetwood, 8K. Some serious firepower mm. in this tier. Skeeter, before I ask you your favorite, we get a couple of young guys that start to, to peek their head in here. And I know it's something you have put in my head before. Let's talk about youth at Augusta. I know Jordan Spieth won and came in second as a young guy. Uh, Cam Smith's got a decent history as a young guy here, but that's the exception more than the rule. What what uh, what do you have to say about that? Um, I don't think any of them are, uh, as I say, debutantes or making their debut here. I think they've all played here. Victor was as an amateur. I think he was mm-hmm. low am year. He was also low am at the U.S. Open. I think I think it was twenty nineteen. I believe that is correct, yes. So, I, for me, it's more when once we get down to the sevens and sixes, because there's going to be a couple trendy names there. Um, 
And I always reference um, Dave Kindred, retired from the Washington Post, lives here in central Illinois. I don't know if you caught the 60 Minutes interview with him a couple weeks ago. He follows a, uh, you know, he now writes for a girls, you know, a girls basketball team who's won a couple state titles, and I actually know the coach, so I'm familiar with the area. But um, I remember he was on local radio a few years ago talking about, you know, Masters. And in fact, it was Rom's first year because Rom was getting such buzz that, you know, was he be the first first uh debutante to win since fuzzy zeller and kindred's response was no chance these days you <laughs> have to know you have to have played a couple times to learn all the subtleties of augusta national so i'm not you know and you know guess what david D- dave kindred is a hall of fame writer well respected i trust his opinion quite a bit if he says don't play any of these you know debutantes i'm not going to so it doesn't necessarily fit, fit this tier outside of maybe Hovland, who's only played once. But that's where I'm going to stand, especially when we get to a couple of the names down below. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I really meant to ask you that before we got into the tiers at all. Sorry, but then I, I noticed, like, I'm on uh, dance tonight. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. No, I, I meant to ask you that, so that's that's my fault. But uh, w- then we saw Cam Smith, who was one of the exceptions, along with Spieth, who, who we just talked about, so we'd get into it. But all right, we hit the tier. I'm going to ask you your favorite out of these 8K players. I think it's Burger 8500. Like, I don't know if I have a favorites in this tier. I have like four guys starred that I like, and none of them are what I would say, you know, whereas I was definitive on Brooks, I'm kind of definitive on JT. I don't have that definitiveness in this tier. But so I'm going to go Burger, who I'm assuming is going to be popular, just because he just doesn't do anything wrong. Um, He's 16th in my model, like 21st tee to green. But he's 10th in DraftKings scoring, 12th in bogey avoidance, 20, or 12th in birdies are better, sorry, 26th bogey avoidance. He just doesn't do anything wrong. Doesn't have a long history here. A couple tournaments, 10th, 27th, 32nd. And he's kind of at that 8500 price. Like, what you said about Webb Simpson, I almost kind of feels the same way about Berger, and I get a $500 discount. Granted, I still think Webb's a better player, but I might that might be enough of a discount where I'll consider Berger. I'm going to go to Cam Smith. I mean, he's yeah. one of the guys I've, I've gotten just, you know, used to cheering for. I, I enjoy. Look, dude, why do you think I started like in Charlie Hoffman? That nasty mullet hanging out of the top of his <laughs> head. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think brought me to him first as a bald dude? Cam Smith is rocking a killer mullet. Oh, yeah. by the way, second and fifth are two of his last three finishes. Yeah, that sandwich is around a 51, a 51st here. So he has played Augusta amazingly well. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, last year he set the record for the lowest score by a non-winner. And he's playing really good right now. Like, give me Camp Smith all day, every day. I can understand why he might be popular. I'll figure out a way to get different elsewhere. But I don't know. Give me some Camp Smith, man. No, rates out. I mean, he rates out pretty well. Um 26 my model over the last 24 rounds, ninth over 12 rounds. And I think you and I were both on him back in November. In fact, I had a win in top five on top five or top 10 on him. So, because he was fairly cheap in DraftKings and there was a huge number on him. I also remember him just getting out of all these jams on the final round. Like he kept scrambling like no other. To, he was pulling off miracle birdies on par fives and, spectacular pars out of nowhere on the par fours. So, no, I get it. Um, he, he's one of the four I have starred. Good drafting scorer, good birdie maker. He's scrambler here. So, yeah. Is that your number two after Danny Berger? You got somebody else. 
Uh, he's not my number two. I mean, come on now. You should know who my number two is from this tier. Well, actually, no, I have a couple guys, but. I have a very, very good feeling I know who it is. And he's for the second lowest owned right now. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe, I would have never thought at the beginning of the year that we would have $8,800 Lee Westwood at the Masters. Like, you know, he's, what is he at the book? He He's low, I mean, he at least come down to like 22 to 1. He's in he's the at, 40s, I think. He's at 50 to 1. Okay, there you go. I will be putting some uh, money on Lee Westwood. I already knew that. I mean, <laughs> very good over short-term models. When I look at 24 rounds, he, I mean, he was struggling for a while, so he does not rate out well statistically. But we saw him second at Honda, uh, second at the players. Didn't do well at match play. Didn't do well at Honda, but he'd been playing so many weeks in a row. And if you, in fact, if you remember after the players, he came, he came up to Augusta for a couple practice rounds. So this has been on his mind, and he has immaculate course history here. Like, you know, when you know you go back to the early 2010s, Third, eighth, seventh, second, all in there. Never have a missed cut. It was 38th back in November, but yeah, whatever. I have no problem paying up to be contrarian at Lee Westwood at 8,800, especially if he's going to be in single-digit ownership. I like Lee. Uh, I will I will make one of my lineups uh, very 8K-centric. I like to do that. You know, fit four, five 8K guys, and he'll be one of them. He's not my number two. I'm going to go with Hideki Matsuyama. I'm going to save a few bucks. Uh he plays good here. I know he's been up and down as of late. Was decent at Valero. Remember, he's the one who put Patrick Cantlay in the L column at the match play tournament to uh and when Cantley oh, was playing right. on fire. Oh, to yeah. so he didn't he didn't surpass Cantley, but he actually allowed Harmon to, to beat Cantley in that playoff um after Cantley beat Harmon. So, you know, you don't see that when you look at the uh, the recent stuff, but that's there too. So Decent outings outside of the players, where he did fire a 69 after he probably knew he was already missing the cut in day two. But give me some Hideki. Really good course history, a veteran. And again, I would think this is a guy who I know is pretty popular in DFS. Maybe won't be as much so this week. Oh, no. People will use Hideki. Because, I mean, it's the same story. Okay. People who have not played Hideki recently will use Hideki because they're looking at the ball <laughs> striking numbers and say, oh, my gosh, this is great. And then they're going to watch him, and they're going to watch him, you know, especially at these greens, miss, you know, he'll three-putt from nine feet once, and he'll miss a three-footer. And he'll just be like, oh, my gosh, you know, how, you know, oh, Hideki within four feet of the hole for birdie. All right. Par. Or heck, you could bogey. It is Augusta. Um, <laughs> so, I get it. I mean, I used him in Valero. He was fine for two rounds, and it kind of took a little quiet weekend stroll. But, um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, he's not my other international that I have here. Um, speaking of my, my other guys, Tommy at 8K, saw some life from him at the match play a mm -hmm. little bit, so that was good good news for him. What has he done here in the past? He's 60-1, to 1, I just bet him for that. 19-36-17, so he's had some moderate success. He did, as I said, did show some life at the match play, Hit, showed some life at API, Barely missed a cut of the players, but he's gained strokes on approach. Like, good irons here will be working. Of course, he can be he can get a cold putter as well. And Like, Finau, Sundays can be an issue for Tommy. He's the Euro Finau, or Finau's the American uh, Tommy. But 
At 8K, I think this is a pretty big bargain, and I think it's going to be a nice pivot off somebody we're about to get to in the 7s. I can get behind a little Tommy action. So where are you? Who who, who are you fading here? I'm sorry. I got to do it to you, James. Hatton is not playing very well, and he's not historically been good here. So Terrell is my fade. I don't know if I can fade him, but I'll tell you this. You didn't hear me say him is my favorite. I went Hideki, a guy I never turned to, right? You didn't hear me go Hatton. So I'll use him in our league that we're in because, honestly, I may have to. He may be one of the only six guys I have. But I'm with you. I'm not really going that direction either. I don't know if I have a strong fade. I mean, maybe it ends up being Hatton. I have a feeling I'm going to end up using him somehow or another. There's nobody that strikes me as a big-time fade. I mean, Sung JM's only played here once, but he finished second last year. Hovland maybe is my fade, but like you said, he was low amateur and plays and has been playing pretty good. I guess Hovland's my fade, but I don't feel strongly about it. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I let my girlfriend use him in some contests yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it's not like I'm fading him hardcore, you know? Right. And plus, I mean, there's also, you know, Fitzpatrick, who if the weather gets bad, Fitzpatrick's certainly in play. And Scheffler has been kind of he kind of woke up a little bit, but I don't see him getting his first win here at Augusta, so no, again, I mean, this is a master. This is a major field where you look at all the options, and most of them are viable. You've got to make some stands somewhere. Yeah. Shall we take it to 7Ks? Yep. Fewer names than normal in a smaller field. I'm not going to run through them all, but we certainly have some past champions and at the top of the list here. Skeeter, I'll, I'll start with you as a 7K name that stands out to you above the others. No. In fact, okay. <laughs> in fact, the low 7Ks are almost kind of a dead range for me. Okay. Like, I only have three guys mentioned the 7K, and they're all high. I mean, let me just go with a favorite play, and I, you know, I think I'm going to have to be very careful where I use him because I expect him to be among the highest-owned players. If not, you know, I think it's between Spieth and Paul Casey at 7,700 for highest-owned players. There might actually be one in the 6Ks that will get a lot of ownership, too, but... Paul Casey, again, I mean, I realized a couple of years ago, I think you and I got burned by him and the, the uh, Justin Rose mention, which I know Vampire mentioned. It's never fun for you. Never. Never. But, I mean, Paul Casey, we have 6th, 4th, 6th, 15th, miscut 38th. He's been playing really well. He won, I think, that key Euro event. Um, I forget if it was the Abu Dhabi or... Um, Omega Dubai uh, Desert Dubai. Classic. Yeah, and... I and I think that, that one has reading, been a, I didn't remember that. Because I think that's been a correlation one where people have won that and come and won the Masters. I think that's what Willett did the year he won. DJ, I think, won it last year. I want to say somebody else. I don't know if it's Sergio, if he did it too. But there's been a strong correlation there. But besides that, I mean, Paul Casey, number one bogey avoidance, number three in par four strokes gain, seventh in scrambling, 17th DraftKings. Like, he, I mean, this is... You know, if you remember a couple years ago, this was Matt Kuchar at 7,700 free square. This feels like mm -hmm. Paul Casey's 7,700 free square. So he's going to be highly owned, and you're going to get on him anyway. I think so. I'm not I mean, again, I'm probably going to play four or five lineups. He will not be in every single lineup. But, yes, I will probably be on him just because he just – this just way too cheap of a price on him. He's already in one of the two lineups I've set. Uh, Paul Casey is most certainly my favorite play in 7K as well. I mean, he's like you said, he's just playing great right now. He's also playing really free, right? Like, I mean, Paul Casey's always uh, a happy-go-lucky fella, but um, 
at seventy seven hundred, like you said, it's free square. So yeah, uh, once again for the second time here in this uh, Masters podcast, copy paste carbon copy. I'm I'm right there with you with Paul Casey. Yeah, um, and then the other two guys I've started again, former Masters champions, Sergio at seventy nine hundred has been playing pretty well. Again, mm-hmm. just don't just don't watch him putt. In fact. He doesn't even watch himself putting close to his eyes half the time putting, which is probably yes, a good sign. I love that. I was going to say the same thing. I'm glad you did. Oh, good. Glad I could uh, beat you to the punch there. And then, and then Adam <laughs> Scott. I mean, look, I, Scott hasn't been played real well, but his, his start, his irons have been there. And we don't. Adam Scott doesn't need form to show up somewhere and win. Like we saw him have like no form and go win Genesis a year ago. So, and he's played. He, he's historically played well here. So 7600. I have no problem with Adam Scott. I love Matt Wolf. He's 7,100. He can absolutely crush the ball and take advantage of the par fives. Is he young? Is it a dumb play? Is it maybe because I'm too much of a fan of Matthew Wolf? Maybe all of the above, but uh, I'm gonna... st- Well, hold on, hold on. Can I stop you for a minute? Go for it. Who was your favorite play in the 10K tier? Yeah, but Bryson doesn't play great here yet, so the correlation of Bryson to Wolf. May I mean it's there in my head because I expect Bryson to play well, uh, and I know the correlation. But Bryson hasn't shown that he that he owns this place yet. Right, but I mean, if you're going to play Bryson, you might as well play Wolf because they they tend to play well together. They do. They absolutely do. So I worry about uh, you know the the lack of history here. But I like me some Mount Wolf. Anybody else? Uh, I mean, I'm always interested in Abe answer. Wasn't he part of the final? Was he part of the final group or the final two groups in in November? And just kind of, he had a bad Sunday. I know. I don't. He was yes. He shot 76 on Sunday. So yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't. I didn't. wasn't sure if he was in the final group. If you recall, I was actually in Abe answer's home country of Mexico last year during the Masters. And I didn't really have any good live bets, and I was at the beach, so I didn't really watch the much of Sunday. Okay. How about that? Well, I mean, you know, it happens when you're on vacation. Sometimes you miss stuff. Like, I don't know how much I'm going to be able I don't, I don't. I'll probably miss a lot of Saturdays. I'm, you know, I get to go up and celebrate my grandma's 90th birthday. So, um. Nice. Happy birthday, Grandma Skeeter. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Oh, you're not the first one to call her Grandma Skeet either, so that's a... <laughs> Good. I hope I'm not the last either. No, no, in fact. No, I have a, I have a student who uh, who calls her Grandma Skeets. Oh, no, no, Great Grandma Skeet. That's right, my mom's Grandma Skeet, so weird how that come, kind of comes out, but whatever. Um, Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's all you. All right, I got a couple of names here I got to ask you about. Okay. Bubba? I mean, this is a Bubba course if ever there was, but I mean, no. He showed up at match play. That's a Bubba course. My answer is no. Um, and without and without watching everything that Bubba did in match play, let's keep in mind that some guys advance because of easy draws, while other guys don't advance, uh, like a Patrick Cantlay who played outstanding. So uh, just because he advanced, I'm not going to give him like a full carte blanche there. But you're right, he did, and this is a Bubba course, but no, not for me. Um. I mean, you're usually on this guy more than me, but um, Louis? He's the one guy I didn't mention that I am interested in. Absolutely. Give me some Louis. He's too cheap there. Too cheap for me. Uh, you know, I mean, like, if I want to pound in a couple of those 9K guys, that's how you do it is with Casey and Louis. 
I mean, now, now if you're at the books, I'd rather take Bubba at 90 to 1 than Louis at 75. Yeah, I'm not feeling a Louis win, but I'm feeling, oh. but Louis is way less volatile than Bubba. 10 to 1 top 5 on Louis, which is, I mean, for somebody who has the career runner up Grand Slam. I may take a look at Louis. I don't know. I, do, I, I don't know. The other name, and again, I never get this guy right. Billy Horschel's 90 to 1. He did win match play. And we can see we can see him get a hot putter. I just can't. I can't either. I just can't. Like, as he was sitting there winning match play, and I'm just like, man, me and Skeeter both said, Skeeter and I, excuse me, right. both said, we just can't get Billy Horschel right. So if he wins, so be it. I'm not going to be on him when he wins because I just can't get on him anymore. Uh, I don't know. I'll pass on Billy Horschel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anybody else. Um, my my fade for the exact same reasons I said earlier. Will Zalatoris. He rates out well statistically, but I'm not taking him first time at Augusta. I'll fade the vampire. Is he gonna play? He's in the field, but yeah, I've I've not really seen much news on him for that. Okay, I'm I'm fading him not because he's the vampire and he sucks the life out of my lineups. I'm fading him not because he's an Olympic champion. I'm fading him because I'm not sure if he's healthy. And, I mean, obviously we haven't seen him in a while. So um, I'm not going to take a chance. The $7,200. If I knew he was healthy, dude, $7,200 for the vampire might get him off the van list, though. Same here. and He's 101. Like... That's a number worth taking a peek at. It's just like, I don't know if he's healthy. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm more willing to throw five bucks at a hundred to one, and if I burn that five dollars, whatever. I don't really want to throw them in lineups, though. I guess it's, it's, it's the same thing, but you know what I mean. Like I don't, I'd rather burn a, a bet where he he's by himself than have a killer five of six in him. That's quite fair. Shall we take it to the six case? Yep. I'm not going to say that there are some studs in the six case, but there are some studs in the six case, dog. I'm not going to read them all. I'll ask you, your favorite. I, there's a few I like. I got... I have seven guys starting to 6K. I love it. Um, again, maybe I've listened to Pat Mayo too much here, but um, you, li you like stories that kind of linger a little bit, don't you? Sure. How and He's the one, Mayo's the one who brought this up completely, so I, I can take zero credit, give it to him. How funny would it be if on Sunday Dustin Johnson has to put the green jacket on Kevin Na? <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. Because Kevin Na, like at first I was like, okay, well Kevin Na's right. Like maybe they're going to be Ryder Cup teammates, and Kevin's trying to be a veteran teacher moment. And then the more I like, I kind of listened to other people's opinions, and hopefully it didn't completely formulate mine. But I was like, you know, Na was kind of being a a, a, a wiener there. You know, he's kind yeah. of being a wiener, in my opinion. But no, at sixty five hundred though, he actually does make sense. I mean, he was thirteenth back in November. He d he was twelfth in twenty fifteen, I believe. Back then, he was in the six Ks because I think he was part of the winning Millie Maker lineup back then, the first one for golf. So he's got a couple of top fifteens. He also has some couple of missed cuts and a couple forty fifth and worse spots, but. At 6,500, I want some upside, and I think Kevin Knott actually does it. He, I mean, he's already won this year, so he fits that trend. Good scrambler, good par-4 player. Not going to be great statistically, but, um, you know, 6,500 feels a little too cheap for a guy who seems to win every year. So, 
I think he's my favorite play at 65. I'm going to go Brian Harmon. Oh, lefty narrative. I mean, not only is it the lefty narrative, which is 100% a truthful statement. I mean, Mike Weir, Brian Harmon, I could see some similarities there. Brian Harmon finished third at the players, was good at the match play, right? Like, I mean, he dueled Cantley. He was outstanding at match play, to be quite honest. So Brian Harmon's been pretty good. He wasn't great in that February stretch, but eighth at the American Express. So we've seen a lot of good things from him. At 6,800, I know he hasn't played here in a while, but I like Brian Harmon. He's playing really good right now. Also, I can and I can say this legitimately here because it means something, Former John Deere Classic winner, and the only reason John Deere Classic gets mentioned is it's one, like, in Augusta, there's a lot of side hill lies where you don't have many flat lies. Same with John Deere, just because it's a rolly terrain. Um, Riviera, you know, is another big comparison course. And, again, I've heard Pat Mayo say something about Quail Hollow. That's why he's on Max Homa, who's won at Riviera and and um, at Quail Hollow, but... No. It's Max's first, though, right? Right, which is the reason why I'm not playing him, even though I don't need him to win at that price, but still. But no, um, I'm with you. Harmon, again, it was really good. Really good match play. Really good good form. Fits that lefty narrative. I don't think he's ever had any spectacular finishes here. But I think he's been no. solid, hasn't he? Um, not really. He hasn't played it very much. Cut, so nothing great. But we don't need him to be great, and I still think he has top 20-ish potential, even at 6,800. I don't know if I get to him. He's one I'm considering, but I have no problem with the play. You don't go Kevin now, or if you want to load up on a couple of 10K guys and balance it with a few 6K guys, who else would you use down here besides one Kevin now? Alright, we're playing to win a million dollars, right? Yes, sir. Who probably has the highest win equity and also the highest equity to shoot 10 over and miss the cut in the 6K tier. Phil Mickelson? Ooh, well, that's, yeah, that was the name I was going for. That, that certainly fits. Um, Siwoo Kim. Okay. Did win an American Express. So, you never know which version of Siwoo he gets. Like, he's 17th tee to green. Third bogey avoidance, which is... Hmm, never would have thought that one for Siwoo. Good approach, good scrambling. Again, if you're going to use him, you better understand that he's either going to be top 10 going into Sunday, or he's done after Thursday. He's that high-risk, high-reward type of play, but if you're in a Millie Maker, I think he's worth a look. I won't disagree with it. I, I kind of like the two guys you've thrown out there, but I'm going to throw out another guy that you're going to be not at all surprised that I throw out the name, and it's Ryan Palmer, 6,500. Yeah, that's too cheap. I mean, it's way too cheap. 17th of Valero, 17th of the players, a couple of blips, and by blips I still mean made cuts, 54th, 42nd. He was second at Farmers, uh, 4th at Tournament of Champions. I'm skipping the 41st at Sony Open, but 4th at Zozo. I mean, Ryan Palmer has been playing some killer golf for way too long to be 6,500. He is a vet. I get it. He doesn't. He also is one of those guys, much like Brian Harmon, where you're like, all right, well, he's a he's a vet. He's in his 40s. He's played here a lot. Well, Ryan Palmer has not played the Masters in quite a while. Last time he did, he was 33rd. That was uh, in 2015. So there there are awards, but yeah, I love some 6500 Ryan Palmer. He's one of the bets I've already got in at 150 to one. 
yeah, I get it. Um, just it's been really good off the tee. His approach has kind of been middling, and then his around the green putting not great. But at sixty five hundred, though, I mean, again, literal top twenty upside, potential top ten. I mean, I don't think there's much for the farmers, but I mean, that's another tough majorish course, and he played well there, so. I get it. I don't know if I get to him, but I certainly understand the play. I didn't mention a co-cracker, a leashman, who I'll be using as well, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe. Co-cracker, uh, considering. Leishman already got the early bet on him, I think. What did I get him at? 100 to 1? I think so. Because I bet this... Don't, don't look at what he is now. You don't want to know. Well, yeah, I did get him 100 to 1. <laughs> What's he at that's because uh, 125 to one, I think now, right? I've got him at 100 to one as well. That's all right. That's all right. You know what? If he wins, I'm not complaining that. Oh darn! I, you know, correct. Um, but yeah. Oh well. Any um, other names down here that uh, yeah. that tickle your fancy? I mean, Corey Cotters is going to be really popular here. Just a pure ball striker. Good bogey avoidance, good birdies are better, good drafting score, good approach. 6,900, I expect to be popular. So, again, you, you know, you don't need to be different at all six spots, but, you know, just be careful of your lineup construction. Maybe you don't use him with Casey or Spieth. You know, maybe kind of choose your spots wisely on Connors. Uh, Kucher, I mean, played well match play. Was decent at Valero. I think it was okay at Valero, wasn't he, or did he miss the cut? Uh, I did not use him at all. Oh, no, he's 12th. Wow, where did that come from? So, and he has played well here. He is a Georgia native. Got him at 101 a couple weeks ago, and he's still 101. I had a $3 free bet. I was like, after S. Kuchar's steaming rolling through the uh, match play, I was like, okay, I'm going to put put him down there. Uh, Sebastian Munoz, I think, played decent back in November. He's 6,600. I think you can go to him. And then if you really need to punt, no, I am not using Bernard Longer at 6,100, even though I guess he would make sense in a cash game situation. But Stuart Sink also has won this year on tour. Graham was at the Safeway, but he's, you know, still an active player who's been playing decent at 6,100. I don't think he's horrible. 23rd in approach. 26 in driving distance. I would not, would not have guessed that. So... Stu Sing at 6,100, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to go down here, but if I had to, I don't hate it. If you were going to go all the way down to 6K, I well, mean, Jim yeah. Herman's, Jim Herman's the only choice, right? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, considering, as we were discussing with uh, Angel Cabrera, he has some other issues. Uh, I don't know if I will make a Jim Herman lineup or not. I, I'm sure I will. Uh, uh, we'll see Brian, how you play Brian Gay as well. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I like using Brian Gay, but Jim Herman's from the great city of Cincinnati. Right. I can I can go a tournament without a Brian Gay lineup. I really can't go a tournament without a, a Jim Herman lineup. I understand. <laughs> so. Um, I don't have any more interest in any of the other 6K names, do you? No, I mean, there's, I mean, Zach Johnson always has a little bit of interest for me. I will not play Kisner. He's already kind of, I've heard him before say that this is just not, you know, it's too long for him. 
So I don't want to go there. The last name that's going to get a little popularity is your Brian Harmon argument here. Also 6,500. Coming off a great match play, Bobby Mack, Robert McIntyre, mm-hmm. lefty. But, um, yeah, I think this is not going to end well for him. Just because first time, I'm going I'm going to take a wait and see. Has a distance, but uh, not ready to go there. I am going to beat you to the punch here. I'm fading Hendrick Stenson. Man. He had a Thursday at Valero. I was like, uh-oh. He might become chalk. But I think he ended up missing the cut. I think he had a bad Friday. He was, uh, he was, he, he, he reversed, uh, he reversed course on that Thursday because he was 75-73 for a plus four. He actually showed life, though. Like, I'm not playing him. I don't hate it. I get it if other people want to. I mean, it's just, I, I'm, I'm off him. I, I may be off of him for, for eternity. Like, I mean. I'd rather play him than, I believe, amateur Ty Strafaki or Strafaki or I don't know how you pronounce that name. I would Tyler is how I pronounce it. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, that works for me. I mean, Tyler Duncan's not in the field, I don't think, so I think he's the only Tyler. Bernard Longer going to make the cut? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I mean... Okay. I mean, I know most people do. Like, so could you? I know you said cash game. You you wouldn't you you wouldn't mess with any of these longer couples kind of guys. I mean, I know uh, Freddie's probably past his compete at the Masters point in time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not there. Okay. Hmm, hold on, because there's always make the cut, miss the cut uh, things. I can't. I can't. You can't parlay. At least DraftKings won't let you parlay, which kind of sucks. I'm trying to see what Bernard Longer to make the cut is. If he's even, if he's somewhere around even money, I'm. If I can find him, how do we not find Bernard Longer here? I mean, there's some interesting miss the cut. Like if you want to, if you want to try to miss the cut on um, like somebody like um, on Rory, if you think he's kind of broken right now, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Ooh, Bernard Longer plus one twenty five to make the cut. Okay, that's interesting when you consider what, like, 20 guys that are, 20 guys are going to get cut? Yeah, I mean, Bernard Longer has made, what, four, five, six, six out of his last nine cuts at Augusta. He was 20, I mean, includes past three, like, it's not like his age is slowing him down at all. Yeah, I don't know, I just see he's such an interesting story because, God, he is timeless anymore. I mean, well, certainly not on the PGA Tour, but, I mean... He's timeless on that senior tour. What if you I'm bet- sorry, champions tour. I apologize for that. What if you bet top champion? Oh, no, no, I don't. I don't see the top champion. I mean, I see top past champion, but you bet top lefty. Um, Mike Weir, forty to one, top lefty. Pass. Actually, I, I've already bet one prop. Two or more holes in one in the tournament, plus 188. You said yes? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All you need, two all, all two you hole in ones on Saturday on 16? Or Sunday. Oh, I thought Saturday was that. Uh, okay. Or I think traditional, maybe maybe they did Saturday back in November. Now that you say that, I do kind of remember Sunday being like up top a little bit, top to the right. I, yeah, I thought Sunday was, or Saturday was feet off of the... Uh, 
feet off of the slope back to the pin. So that's uh, usually the Sunday pin placements. I mean, that's what okay. they use for the women's amateur on Saturday. But, but oh, yeah, I okay. don't know. But, yeah, it's like, eh, you know what? All you need is some random hole-in-one some other time before then, and then there you go. Then you start, then you start cheering. I feel you. That's right. Um, anything more from the DraftKings perspective? I, I guess I have a question for you. So before I, I pose that open-ended one to you, my question is, with a smaller field, are you considering leaving any excess money on the table? Absolutely. I think any major is viable. Any any of these lower field tournaments I think is quite, quite viable. So absolutely. I think it's a decent strategy. But again, all depends on your lineup build. Like if you're playing some combination of Connors, Thomas, Spieth, Cantlay, then yeah, you might want to, or Casey in there too, you might want to throw a, um, leave some salary on the table just because you got to give yourself some chance to be unique. But if I use Jim Herman, I don't need to leave any money on the I table. I don't think you need to. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming the odds of you getting a duplicated lineup of Jim Herman are very slim. When he's going to be 0.05% owned, and that's going to be because of me. Um, I no, think, I guess I, I don't think you have that much control. Over these yeah, it'll probably, he'll probably be 0.001% owned or something. We'll see. Um, no, because you know what? He Again, this is the same. Like, him and Streb, like, if you need a 6K golfer, and somebody will, they're better plays than Sammy Lyle, Jose Maria Olathabo, and Larry Mize, because they're actually PGA Tour, current PGA Tour golfers who've won. Right. So, so, no. Any... It makes sense. Anything else from uh, the DraftKings perspective? I don't think so. Again, I I have 24 players starred, so me going through this over the next few days to finalize my player pool for four to five lineups is going to be tough. Yeah, I I feel you. I just keep setting lineups, and then just, you know, eventually the tournament starts. That's how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a few conversations with a couple buddies. My one buddy's like, he's like, I just can't stop putting lineups in. I'm like, I feel you, dog. Me too. Like I, I keep I keep doing them. Gets expensive after a while, unfortunately, though. It does. It's Masters Week. We'll go down swinging for Masters Week, and if I gotta eat, you know, ramen. rice and rice and beans or ramen noodles for a month, so be it. Then I'll have money to throw down for Kiowa. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, you better be. Hey, you're a course expert at Kiowa. You better. I'm relying on you for some hot picks there. Yeah, I just you know. Like I said, get up and down for par on 17, just like Rory did on Sunday to win. There you go. <laughs> all right. All right. I digress. Let's talk a little one and done. Um, I think at this point, right, like if you were saving somebody for Augusta like Tony Finau and he's not in great form, do you still go to a guy you were saving for this tournament or what, what do you do here? I think you got to figure out who you like to win and play them because this pays out. I mean, this is a major payout. So, I mean, for me, Justin Thomas is certainly in the discussion. Um, in fact, he has my first – who I've picked. I might be tempted to go to Brooks. Okay. Um, If there's a low-owned guy – like, if Dustin's intriguing here – Um. You want to go Morikawa? Nobody's going to be using him. We didn't even bring him up. Yeah, I mean, again, young guy. Like I said, Wolf, but I I realized that that's a fanboy thing out of coming out of me with the youngster as opposed to that. So um, there's no reason to be contrarian yet, right? I mean, even if you're way behind, there's still a ton of season left. You don't try to 
you don't try to be sneaky with, uh, I don't know, uh, Kevin Na or something like that. Oh, here. no, 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 no. Again, it has to be somebody you literally think could win. If you want to get quote unquote sneaky with Adam Scott or Sergio or Bubba, that makes a lot of sense to me. But okay. No, I'm not going to Kevin Na or Corey Connors or anybody like that. It's like, if I'm trying to get sneaky, I'm trying to find who's this guy that's kind of lower owned that has a chance. Where again, maybe it's Dust, maybe it's Xander. Um, you know, if I hadn't already used Lee Westwood, I would consider it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I was I had planned on using Finau, and now we get here, and I'm like, oh, do I really? I said I, I'm going to use him, and at 9100, I like him. I don't think it's a bad move. Okay, I may still just go with him. Like in the end, I've already bought in for that hundred dollars. It's bet. It's dead money. <laughs> so I may as well not try to protect it by picking hey. somebody silly. Hey, I doubled my total by the way last week. Charlie Hoffman at the Valero Texas Open made more than my first. How many of her tournaments combined? It's enough to make you wear a green golf glove all summer, isn't it? I might have to consider it. I, I appreciate it. Uh, Ricky looked good in his uh, orange golf glove and orange shirt, too, by the way. I did not see that. I, I did not see that on him. And Anurban Lahiri looks like an oh. Indian Ricky with that mustache. You know, I, did, I didn't see him on coverage, but as I was, because I was, I, especially yesterday, I was on watching through Shot Tracker a lot. So, um, Lahiri yeah. got a lot of TV time yesterday because he was uh, he was one of the few people outside of that final group that was doing something and yeah. moving up. Him and him and Woodland got a lot of TV time yesterday. I mean, this was your I mean, this was your pairing here, Lahiri and Hoffman, two of your guys. Yeah, I wasn't on Honor Bond though. I'm upset with myself. I didn't use him. Uh, oh. No, I like him. I mean, I read some article about him after he won the Indian Masters like ten years ago, and that's how I became a fan. Like, I'm so easy to just become a fan. I'm such a I don't know that's idiot. All right. that's a, no, <laughs> no, 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 not an idiot. I mean, hey, if you were positive, you know, we don't see many positive stories in the world or in news. So when you find one, you, you go with it. There you go. There you go. Um, anything else from uh, from Augusta? I could talk about it all day. I could too, but no, I think I'm good. All right, me too. Well, uh, I'm going to go a little extra heavy, I think, this week on DraftKings. I'm going to just throw in a bunch of Millie Makers, and if I have to, uh, if I have to eat rice and beans for, for a month, so be it, Skeeter. I'm I'm going for it, so I wish you the best. Hopefully we're celebrating something come Sunday. Uh, it, doesn't ha- it doesn't have to be a million, right? I- I'd celebrate, uh, you know, one 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 hundredth of a million. I mean, I'll take I'll take a thousand. I'll take a hundred bucks. I would too, quite honestly. If I walked away, if I, break, <laughs> if I walked away with an extra hundred, I would be uh, high fiving folks. If I break even, it's a it's a success. Yes, indeed. So, well, uh, Skeeter, I think it's time to put a wrap on it. I appreciate everybody checking in and have a lot of fun. It is Masters Week. Enjoy yourselves and enjoy Augusta National, one of the most beautiful golf courses you're going to see all year. Absolutely. All right. Well, for Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.